The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox with my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake, and you are listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I'm doing well. How about you? Fine. You're sounding good. I know you've got new equipment, better equipment. You're upgrading, and you sound great. Good, and you sound good, too. Good. I need to upgrade. (laughs) We have one guest today. She's coming up uh, in a few minutes, and uh, you know who she is, Sarah Sladek. Oh, great. Yeah, she's a very cool lady. She is the president and CEO of Limelight Generations, and Limelight Generations is a very innovative company. It uh, was established actually quite recently, just a few years ago, and Limelight Generation, uh, I guess their motto is the show must go on is what they say in show show business, and the same theory applies to your business. If your company isn't capturing a younger audience's attention, the show will go on without it. So that's what, uh, I guess that's kind of like the the mantra or the... um, part of the mission of her company, you know, to consult with companies as to the four generations that are potentially part of their businesses and how to incorporate them into the uh, bottom line. Is that it? That is, and I'm excited to have her. She's got interesting stuff going on. It will be a fun conversation for sure. Good. All right, well, sort of in line with this, Lauren, I just got a thing. This was actually Barry, my boyfriend, who brought this over to me, and he said, have you seen this lately? Because you talk about different generations and trying to incorporate them, not just in the business world, but how about just to incorporate them in the uh, you know activities of everyday living. Uh, there's a new computer. I don't know if you've heard about this. I ordered it, actually. It's called Go Computers. Go, G-O? G-O. No, I've not. Tell me. They advertise them in AARP. Okay. (laughs) Although AARP is now down to 50 years old, so because they want to do business, and they do, and they do a lot of business. Um, So... But it's also advertised in a lot of different places anyway, online and, and in different newspapers. This computer is designed for seniors, and it's, like, totally simplified, so any senior can go online. It's just, like, it has, like, four different, like, options, you know, Internet, email, um, some writing, I guess, like a Microsoft Word, although it's a different program, and something else, and that's it. That was actually really smart. And is it PC-based or Mac-based? It's PC-based. Okay. Yeah. I think that we interviewed a couple years ago, or maybe I did it on the other station, I interviewed the woman who created this program. And what they did was, at that time, it wasn't for the general consumer. It was just for, she had this program introduced to senior centers and retirement living communities. That's where they tested it out. Uh huh. And now it's for the general public. I like it. It's very cool. I ordered one. 
I want to see what it's like. I mean, I, I give one to my mother. If she doesn't want it, I donate it to a. There are a lot of senior centers around here. Who oh need yeah. It. Yeah. Now, how much was it? It was eight hundred and seventy-nine dollars. So that's not bad, actually, for a computer. It's not, is it? And then if you if you actually if you get the advertisement from AARP, you get a discount, you know, a coupon thing. So it was actually less. And then what they do, Lauren, is they have you have to pay. A, I think it's um, nineteen ninety five. Let's say twenty dollars a month, and you get this online service where the senior can call a customer service person, but not like the kind we know who you have to stay online and wait for half an hour, and then they don't talk to you and all that. They're right there. They're seniors themselves, and they walk and talk you through anything you need to know in terms of the computer. Oh, I know people. This would be a great gift for. Yeah, how, yeah, Christmas, right? Yeah, I mean, not that I would buy an $800 gift for my aunt, but she needs it. <laughs> she's not worth it. <laughs> uh, hey, if she's nice to you. She's very she's nice to me, you. but, you know, I'd have to see if her sons will chip in with me. It's, it's, I, it's practical. It connects them to the rest of the world. This is one, and I'm, one other thing about this thing, if you're thinking about it for your aunt, the keyboard, like, like if they're referring to the keyboard, I mean, I was trying to help a senior that I know the other day, and I was saying just you have to press the enter key, but they couldn't find the enter. Yeah, I know it sounds that's crazy. So funny. But, I've heard that before. All right. But the enter key and this thing, the Go computer, is green. The shift comp- thing is blue. So they're like color-coordinated. Oh, this is so funny. So it's, it's, is it a laptop or a computer? It's a computer, but okay. it can be used. When I went to order it, I, I, she, the woman said to me, um, it can be used like a laptop, although I'm not so sure that, oh, one of the things, that seniors would use it that way because you have, it's in two pieces, and, but you can carry it from room to room. It's easy, she said. But still, I, I, you know, it's really, it's not a laptop, I wouldn't yeah. say. Okay. I can tell you more when I see it. Interesting. You know, I think there's going to be more and more products and services geared to that generation. I mean, that's where the baby boomers are going, you know? That's, yeah. They're going there or they're going under. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a choice. And the other thing, Lauren, one more thing about this piece, because you're right. That's how you can make money, too. Figure out how, you know, you talk about women business owners and, and you know, you, what businesses like this are going to be open to, you know, that they're really going to service the baby boomers, yeah. which is, yeah. The mouse itself uh-huh. is set up in such a way so that if you have arthritis, and a lot of seniors have arthritis, and it's difficult for them to, you know, their eye-hand coordination, like if you press, it, the I don't know how exa- I'll, exactly how it works, but when you press the right side or the left side, it doesn't matter. You, it doesn't, you're not going to press something by mistake and change the screen. Because it just stays to the original whatever you thing on the screen that you went to. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's clear. You know what I mean? Like you can't like press something and then get out of what you're doing by mistake. I see. Well, even if you were to get out of it, there's only four, three other places to go, really. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? That can be a don't. You know that can be a problem. Funny. I think it's great. I think it's, you know, I really do think, and Sarah's going to be able to speak to us about this, this generational thing. I think she's more geared to the younger generation, but um, I think she's also, you know, conscious of generational gaps and trends. And I just think that we're going to see so much more geared to this older generation because it's just going to be so large. And it's just, as you said, it's, it's getting younger. Like the AARP is now geared to 50 and over. I'm almost 50. I'm like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, where do you get your AARP thing? Because they send it to you automatically. You're going to look at this thing and say, what? Crazy. 
You're talking to me? Are you talking to me? <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But, of course, if you look, they have a great marketing, uh, you know, perspective because, you know, on the cover they have all of these, you know, celebrities who just turned of 50. Of course, so, yeah. Yeah. So it's very cool. What do you think about this health care bill? I have to ask in terms of the abortion issue. Have you thought about that? I, you know, I haven't. No, tell me what you're seeing that you're thinking I should have an opinion about. Well, I, you know, the whole, I don't even, this health care bill is, who knows? I mean, well, it's, I don't it's, think it's a, you know, it's, it's not the done deal yet. It doesn't feel like a complete, complete. It feels like it's, we're halfway there, right? Yeah, it's not a done deal. It has to go through the Senate. But it is apparently, because, you know, I'm always concerned about pro-choice and women's rights, and, you know, I know you are too. Absolutely. And one of the things I think that comes across, in, in the, I think this is how it's written, that women who are, if you have a public option for getting health insurance, and it's, which means that the, it's funded by federal funds, that women will not be able to get, it will not cover abortion services. At all? And, what? I haven't heard it read exactly like that. I think that's and still, it's still nebulous to me. Well, there's another piece to that as well, because even the choices that you have for private insurance, some of the private insurance companies will have some federal funding, and therefore you will also not be able, even if you opt for a private insurance company, competitive, you will not be able, it will not cover abortion. It will not, will not cover abortions. And another piece to that is, Health insurance covers Viagra, but not, um, um, you know, what do you, preventing pregnancies. What do you call? Uh, what? Uh, yeah. It's a contradiction there. Contraceptive. Contradiction is what I said. Yeah, contradiction <laughs> is also very, yeah. I mean, how about that? I never realized that. I but never you, realized that either, but it makes sense because Viagra is a drug. Yeah, Viagra is a covered. drug. You know, Viagra is for be, men. I'm sorry? And Viagra is for men. It's for men, and it's yes. a drug, so it's it totally is covered. Uh-huh. So men can be taking Viagra, and that's covered. But what do you, I mean? I think this is very controversial. But I do. Uh, I agree with that particular aspect of it. I didn't. I guess I never looked at it that particular way. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't hear specifically that abortion wouldn't be covered at all. I didn't hear that. I didn't understand that. I guess. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. But there's a whole cut. You know, that's a major issue. I mean, it's still there's a lot of stuff that's. There's a lot of stuff that's not clear to me about this bill. It sort of was a weird, all of a sudden, oop, it's passed, and wait, what, what was passed? Right. I mean, it's playing itself out. I try to read, you know, I'm online, I'm trying to get, read, kind of get a feel for what it is, and, but I don't think a lot of people do anyway. You just have to wait, you know, we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, but I was really upset about that because I think that really takes women back to the dark ages again if their insurance is not going to be able to cover abortion. I totally agree with that. I mean, what are we doing? You can't be out in the workforce if you can't control your reproductive health. I can't believe that we're even here again. Mm-hmm. We are. It, it blows me away that we're even here again. That's something that, that really makes me crazy in that it seems like we pass certain laws and then the next generation or the next um, generation of Congress or government um, changes, goes back. It's like... Why are we undoing what we've done and move forward and look forward, you know? Well, why? Oh, that's the question. You just said it. Why are we undoing what we have done? Where is it? What's the psyche? I mean, why are we going back? I mean, it's always trying to take women back again. I don't know. It's it's really why we keep wasting time going backwards. Yeah. We waste a lot, but we're doing, but that's what's happening. Well, we only have a few, we have about, it's a, a 30 seconds left. So, Voice America, 
www.thinkvariety.com. That's what you're listening to. And thanks for joining us this morning. I'm your social worker with a microphone. My co-host is Lauren Beller-Blake. And did I say we're listening to voiceamericavariety.com? Well, you are. Anyway, we'll be back in a minute. Coming up next is Sarah Sladek, and she is the president and CEO of Limelight Generations. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Fox. Uh, I'm your social worker with a microphone with my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake. We're here this morning. Thanks so much for joining us. And you're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Uh, we're waiting for our guest, Sarah Sladek, who's president and CEO of Limelight Generations, um, which is a company that specializes in marketing and consulting to companies to be able to incorporate their well, Lauren, you said they're younger generations really into the workplace. That's her, I guess, main focus. She had a main, she had a conference, uh, Rock Stars at Work conference on October 6th and 7th, so I think she'll tell us about that, hopefully. Yeah, this whole generation thing is, is very interesting. Here's an, oh, but while we're waiting for Sarah, um, we were, t- I think it was last, uh, did, no, I think it was on my other station. I can't remember. <laughs> too early in the morning. <laughs> but Lauren, uh, now Merlino, uh, you know who she is. She's the one, a um, million dollars. She's the head of, uh, what's the name of her company? She's Big got women. A million and count me in. Yeah. Count me in. Getting, you know, sh- women, you know, have businesses and they go along with their business. They may do well, but they never even get to the million dollar point. So she had this whole contest, like, getting to, for women to be able to at least gross a million dollars, I guess. Yeah. Gross. Or net. I think it's gross. It's gross. I think gross a million dollars. One of the companies was in Austin. You're in Austin. Did you have you ever heard of Radiant RFID? No. 
Yeah, that was one of the companies that uh, was was in the, that won the contest that was able to uh, get over their major obstacle in reaching a million dollars. But they did it. So I was going to ask you if you ever heard of them. I have not, but there's so many cool smaller companies here in Austin that um, that are doing just really interesting, cutting edge things. A lot of energy work, just all kinds of like behind behind the scenes stuff, and all of a sudden they become superstars. Yeah, you see it a lot, Austin, Texas. Okay, we have Sarah on now. We've got her here finally, Sarah Sladek. Let's talk to her, President and CEO of Limelight Generations. <laughs> And uh, welcome to the show, Sarah. Nice to have you on this morning. Yes, thank you for having me. It's we finally pleasure. got you here. Pardon me? We finally got you here. Are you having trouble hearing yes. me? Um, yeah, a little bit, but I think it's going to be all right. Well, let's tell our board up, William, to just turn it up so you can hear <laughs> me so I don't have to scream and you don't have to <laughs> try and yeah, make it difficult to hear us. So, yeah, we've done our introductions to you. I mean, it's interesting. Limelight Generations, that's your company, right? Um, tell us, about, you know, you introduce it. Tell us about what do you do, CEO, President of Limelight Generations. What's your mission? What's your goal? Right. Well, uh, Limelight started about eight years ago, and um, we started because we realized that um, there was a trend occurring where um, organizations were aging out. And younger generations were not as apt to join certain things. I had a background working with associations and nonprofits, and um, at the time I was working at the Minneapolis Chamber of Commerce, and I was attending all these national um, conferences and events, and I, I quickly realized, because at that time I was in my late 20s, I was just realizing that young people were not joining chambers of commerce, and if they were, they were turning over a lot faster and also observing that our chamber member companies were not retaining young talent. And I thought it was a fascinating trend. And so now our our company focuses on trying to answer um, and help organizations learn how to recruit, retain, manage, and market to generations X, Y, and Soon Z will be entering the workforce as well. Yeah. So, what's the, what are some of those major obstacles? I mean, and like demographically, let's say you take a company, medium-sized company, large corporation. Maybe you can give an example. Uh, you know, how many people do they usually you know employ? When you're talking about four generations, X, Y, and Z, um, that's three generations. Well, I always thought traditionalists, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, and I guess, as you say, even another one that's coming up. So um, what's the major obstacle to having these four generations or three generations in the company and bringing in the younger generation? I mean, what what, what do you see as the major obstacle for these companies, either medium-sized or large corporations? Right. Well, a major obstacle is just simply the definition of what work is. And it's very interesting because we go back in history and we look at that major social change occurred in the late 1960s. And for most baby boomers, they were already teens and young adults during this time. But for another generation, they were being born during this time. So they've never known the world any differently. And this major change um, constitutes everything from technology to skyrocketing divorce rates um, to the introduction of 30 years of massive layoffs in corporate America, 
So all of a sudden we had Generation X and even more so Generation Y. These generations grew up never knowing job security. They live in constant fear of being laid off, downsized, merged, and they crave challenge. They crave ongoing um, opportunity. They want to be motivated, inspired, engaged right away um, for a variety of reasons, from the way they were raised to the, you know, things that have happened in their lives to technology. Um, they perceive work very differently. You know, it used to be that you came into a workplace and all of the wisdom in the workplace was held by the most senior executives, the ones that have been there for, for years. Well, young people come in and say, well, I have something to contribute and I want to be heard and I want opportunity. And, um, and actually, quite frankly, they do have something to contribute because each generation has become a lot more uh, better educated than the generation before. Um, they have entirely new skill sets to offer that were never there before. Um, so companies and, and nonprofits and just every single industry out there is really grappling with um, this idea of, well, do we really need to pay attention to younger people? And if so, how do we do that? Um, and just kind of overcoming this, uh, idea and perception that, that work has to change and that not all of the expertise is going to be held within the most senior level people. And that well, is... Well, Sarah, I want to interrupt you there. I don't, and Lauren, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but you, you say, do we need to pay attention to them? I think the, uh, the overwhelming answer has to be yes, because, you know, the, also the, uh, other, the, the wiser, older generation is aging out, so these people are going to come in and, 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 be part of the company anyway, so we do have to pay attention to them. I can't imagine that someone would say no, but how you do it and how you incorporate them, isn't that the big question? So that you're like being able to get the best of both from the older generation and the experience and then also the new stuff that comes in or the new, uh, you know, they have a, a different way of operating and then they have new information as well. Mm-hmm. No, it, it does come to how, but there, there, believe it or not, there are still companies and organizations out there that are questioning what value young people can offer, and they still kind of think of them as kids, and those are the organizations that are going to age out and really struggle um, in the near future. They're not, they, they don't have a future without young people involved. And so, um, so yes, it does come down to how, and that is a very um, complex situation as to how to how to do it and that's um you know that's what we're here for that's what we're here to provide insight first as to why but then also that how piece too yeah i think the how piece and didn't you just have a conference in early october in october where you mm -hmm. address these issues with different companies in your area in minnesota talk to us about that what you what were some of the findings Right. So we had this conference, it was called the Rockstars at Work Conference, and we actually drew in quite a few um, companies from outside areas, a lot of Fortune 500 companies who came in to share best practices about what their companies are doing. So everything from campus recruiting to, uh, to how to, um, you know, manage to using technology and social networking to, um, benefits packages and what really motivates and inspires young people. And really the common theme is that 
every step of the way from the from the moment that you recruit to um, you know three to five years in the job, you have to keep young people top of mind, keep them engaged, keep a dialogue going with them on their turf, meaning you know using a lot of technology, a lot of social networking. It means not just doing an annual review. It means you're talking to them all the time. You have a constant dialogue. It means you're thinking about collaboration and teamwork. It's it's just a very different approach to work, and not that one way is right or wrong, It's but it has to be a meshing that um, young people can feel they have a place to belong. Sarah, how do they address the issues that, and um, I know Lauren and I have talked about this on the show, uh, young people, even if they are satisfied with where they work, let's say it's a more traditional company, they tend, just because of the mindset, not they're not going to stay there anyway. Let's say two years, three years max, and then they want to move on and do something else. Is that a bad thing, or is that something that you can just incorporate into the whole uh, corporate culture? They're, they're only going to stay here for three years, but that's okay. So that's that, that's another because that's a different way of, of of approaching your work and your career. Right. Well, right now, on average, people under the age of thirty-five spend twenty months on a job before they job hop, and that is way too frequently. And I don't think young people are ever going to stay. 20, 30, 40 years on a job the way um, previous generations did, but 20 months is not long enough for succession planning, the passage of critical knowledge, really trying to train people to be leaders. Um, it's, for some huge companies, that's not even long enough for employees to find where the bathroom is. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, it's just not long enough, and that's an average. So 20 months, you know, there's, that means there's a lot of people that are spending even less time than that. And it's because young people get into workplaces, they're very unhappy, and they're, they're okay with walking out and leaving because they know there's other opportunity. And that, again, is a major difference. Older generations would say, nope, this is my work. I have to stick it out. Work isn't supposed to be fun. <laughs> work is work, and this is a fact of life. And young people say, no. I value my personal happiness more than hard work. And so if I'm not happy, I am leaving. So, so yeah, I think that we will never have this very long um, sustaining process with young people, but they have to definitely, we have to elongate that average of 20 months. So it job. is a different way of doing business because, yeah, you can't stay in, you don't have to stay for 20 years, but you've got to stay for longer than 20 months. So we're going to take a short break. Limelight Generations, Limelight Generations, and you can go to that website. Uh, and we're talking to Sarah Sladek. She is the president and CEO of Limeline, Limelight Generations, a public relations company which uh, de- deals with the generations, all the generations that we find in the workplace and how to make them productive. I'm Catherine Sox, Lauren Beller-Blake, and you're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Don't go away. The three of us will be back in a minute. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
what it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Are you living with passion, purpose, and play? Are you ready to overcome your fears, claim your power and purpose to make your mark on the world, but don't know where to start? Tuck Self, the Rebel Bell, will inspire and empower you to squeeze as much juice and joy out of life as possible. You'll find your passion, live on purpose, and do it all with a boatload of play. Join this amazing voice for Tuck Talk every Monday at 6 p.m. in the East and 3 p.m. in the West on the Voice America Variety Channel. Live rebelliciously and on your terms. It's sex education like you've never heard before. Want to improve your love life? You know, that love life. Join sexual wellness expert and certified erotic educator Jaya for Sex with Jaya. She'll bring you cutting-edge techniques to expand your erotic repertoire. Jaya will offer advice and speak with guests who will shed light on everything to do with sex. You can even listen together with that special someone. Sex with Jaya is broadcast live every Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. I'm Catherine Zox with my co-host Lauren Beller Blake. You're listening to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Thanks for joining us this very early on the West Coast, not so early on the East Coast, but anyway, uh, we're having this fascinating, I, I would call it, very interesting and compelling conversation with Sarah Sladek. She is president and CEO of Limelight Generations, founded in 2002 as a public relations company, uh, and she deals with. I say three, maybe four generations uh, in the workplace, something that we as uh, or that businesses, medium-sized businesses, big corporations are going to have to deal with starting now, really, and how to incorporate young people into the companies and obviously still at the same time be able to uh, accomplish the bottom line. That's what we're talking about. So, Lauren, when we were t- during the break, you said it's not so much of should we – how you know should we engage the young people into business? But how do we do it? Yeah, but my sense is, is that we actually have to find new behaviors. And I'm curious, Sarah, what those new behaviors you would recommend those new behaviors to be as corporate owners, as leaders. Right, right. So you know, and we spent hours talking about this. So I'll try to I'll try to distill it down to a few key points. But um, you know, uh, first and foremost. Um, as I was talking about previously, it's having that, that teamwork approach. It's actually, you know, very early on, even some companies have even started doing this within the first day of work. Um, young people want to meet the CEO. They want to meet the, um, they want to have a voice at the table. They want to be asked their opinions and their ideas. And, um, and so it's, it's, it's actually inviting young people to, of the decision-making team, asking them to lead projects, 
um, very teamwork and collaborative um, environments are very appealing to young people. They really like um, positive relationships at work, and that it, the lack of positive relationships will be the number one reason that they will leave. And, and like I said previously, they're not afraid to leave. They, they will walk out without a second thought. Um, the other thing is uh, technology, of course, and, and I continue to, when I go out and speak and talk about this topic, a lot of people will say, well, I'm so sick of them texting, and, and we shouldn't allow Facebook or LinkedIn or any of this. And the fact is that that's their world. And, um, you know, it, it's really not any different. It's just simply a different medium. So, you know, back in the 1950s, there were people that lobbied against having phones on everyone's desk. <laughs> right now, it's the same conversation, just a different medium. And the young people want to, um, you know, that's their natural way of building relationships and their their first point of comfort for um, dialogue and communication. And I would say that companies should use technology to their advantage. So if you want to be Facebooking, you want to be blogging, um, do it also for our company and get, get good buzz out there for us and spread the word about our company and all the great things you're doing. At so you're saying, work. Sarah, how do you incorporate the Facebook, the blogging, the Twittering into making it a positive thing for the company? Like telephones, I mean, which they did eventually. I guess they're positive. I don't know. But um, <laughs> instead of, I mean, obviously sitting there doing it for yourself and not, you know, not working and doing it for the company is not something you want them to do. Um so it's right. really not it's not all or nothing. It's just how you it's making the transition, isn't it? Just transitioning all this technology and, and you said uh uh making them part of the team. Um, mm-hmm. how do you mm-hmm. make them part of the team without wasting your time? Because you also don't want to take somebody who's been there a senior person, let's say, and the senior person doesn't have to be seventy years old, they can be fifty years old, with a lot of experience, a lot of information, a lot of knowledge. They don't want to sit there and waste their time over and over with people who have no experience. Because you want to be able to, you know, their experience, wisdom, whatever counts for a lot. So you don't want to be kind of duplicate, just going over the same thing again, you know, with new people who are coming in if they're always privy to every meeting that you have. So it's kind of a balance, isn't it? It is definitely a balance. But, um, you know, recently I was speaking at an event and someone stood up in the audience and said, I'm a small business owner. And there's no way I would let a young person come in and lead anything that has to do with my business because I don't trust them. And then a young, a young person in the audience stood up and said, well, I'm, I'm never going to want to work for your company. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, it comes down to trust. And just as the conversation back in the 1950s about having phones on desks, they were concerned their employees were just going to chit-chat all day and have personal phone calls all day, every day. And, of course, that, that's not what happens. But you have, to, you have to have that conversation of, we trust you to use this responsibly. We will give you this freedom. You abuse this freedom. We can't have it. And, uh, and I think that just having an open environment like that, young people are going to respect it. They're, they're going to use that wisely. They're not going to abuse it. Uh, you know, but it's really overcoming these fears, these fears of change, these fears of doing something different. Um, there was a great article in the in the Wall Street Journal lately about 
a 17-year-old that was yanked out of class for texting during class, was sent to the principal's office, and the principal was talking to him, and the whole time the, the child was looking down, and all of a sudden the principal realized that he was texting while he was being reprimanded for texting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact of the matter is this, this is, this is their world. This is um, what they're going to do, and you can't just, the more you make it, um, the more you try to block it, the more irresistible you make it. Well, but yeah. I, I'm going to say the other, you have to have, uh, going back to, there have to be limits on texting, just as there had to be limits on telephone calls. You know, you can have a, t- and that was all, and it was an issue in the 50s, because you give this as an example, Sarah. People <clears throat> had telephones on their desks for the first time. They're also, a lot of the, many times you'd find employees calling home and doing personal phone calls, and that's not appropriate. You know, you may have the telephone on your desk, but you use it for business. You don't use it for personal phone calls. I think the texting thing also, is it's, it's very similar. It's just a different technology, but you do have to have some rules and regulations in the workplace with regard to texting, don't you? Do you? <laughs> yes, I think if it becomes prohibitive to the work you do. And, and see, we're seeing a, a complete switch to results-oriented work environments. And and Best Buy coined that phrase uh, a few years ago, and that was actually an employee initiative where they said, you know, a few people in HR said, you know, sick of working nine to five. Let's see if we can have flex time and still be as productive. We'll track our productivity. And then they gradually expanded it to a larger and larger group people as a test market. Eventually, they had 100 people, and they went to management and said, look, we don't have to be at our desks 9 to 5 because we are as productive or in often cases even more productive when we're flexible schedule. So now people, companies are starting to realize that, wow, maybe we don't have to police our employees so much as long as we have expectations on what the results or the outcomes are. So if we really clearly identify you need to achieve these goals, these results, we're having this constant dialogue with you because we're on the same team and we're really collaborative with you and um, we're going to know if you're not performing. And... You know, nine times out of ten, especially with young people, they they are very fast learners, very efficient. They can multitask. They tend to work at a much faster productive speed than older generations, and that's that's a fact because we've become wired for um, learning very rapidly and instant gratification, just all of that. So, um, so I think workplaces, yes, you have to just kind of set out the expectations, but you have to be careful about not policing and giving people some freedom, so whether it's um, freedom from their hours they spend at work or freedom texting or using social networking or whatever, as long as they are meeting their expectations and getting the results the company needs. Yeah, I, I agree with that on, on some level, but I think you also have to be concerned with the, it, the ends don't always justify the means if you're just totally results-oriented because how you get there counts. How you get there does count, and it does make a difference because there are lots of ways to do things quickly and maybe get results. 
but uh, I mean, here's the example. I mean, take the the uh, airplane example of uh, Sully Sullenberger, who landed the plane in the Hudson, who is what 65 years, 60 years old, whatever he is. If you, he was able to do what he did, and he says it himself in all his interviews. He said every bit of experience that I've had for the past 60 years or 60 plus years came into play so that I was able to land that plane in the way that I did. Every bit of experience from being number one in his class at the Air Force Academy to uh, having experience flying gliders to his experience as being the captain on a, you know, on a, on a major airline for all the years that he was. So it, and, and, and that does, and that made a difference. I mean, that's kind of an extreme example. So there is something about having experience and having being able to problem solve. If you keep going from one thing to the next, you know, the, and you don't have a background of, of of learning how to have experience in problem solving, I think there's a problem. There is a problem. There's an issue. Do you, do you right. Know what I'm, yeah, you know, and, and that um, we could talk about that on a whole different level as well because there are certain industries where young people just are not going into those particular careers, um, and those careers tend to be very experience focused. So, you know, like airlines, like um, NASA, uh, like uh, you know, accounting and finance and insurance. Or the and doctor or the neurosurgeon. Don't you want him to have some experience after he's the... Uh... <laughs> I'd rather Absolutely. have the 40 or 50-year-old neurosurgeon who's done all those surgeries, not somebody who's 22 right. who knows how to use the technology and maybe even better than the older surgeon. There's another example. Right. And that's so true, but we're seeing this move, and, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a good thing, but we're seeing this shift. So young people aren't pursuing some of those careers at all, and, and, and these industries are seeing a complete drop in applicant and talent. And then other fields are growing, and we're so you're seeing making young a good people are incredibly entrepreneurial. We have to take a short, we're going to take a break. Oh. Okay. Uh, you're listening to the Catherine Zox Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone, VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Lauren Deller is my co-host. We're talking to Sarah Sladek, President and CEO of Limelight Communications. Don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. 
Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back on the Catherine Foster Social Worker with a microphone on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Lauren Beller Blake is my co-host, and Sarah Sladek is president and CEO of Limelight, Limelight Generations, uh, which is a marketing company committed to succession planning. I haven't really used that word, so uh, uh, Generations X, Y, and Z. If you want to incorporate Generations X, Y, and Z in your organization, then you have to. Think about it. You have to have a plan, and you have to consult with Limelight Generations, right, Sarah? That's um, right. Before, <laughs> we were talking about the fact that maybe different organ if anyone's just joining us, um, or we, that certain companies may be more uh, what, advantageous for younger people, and other companies may require... Uh, employees with more experience. Let's talk about that because you mentioned something during the break, Lauren. Um, it's, well, yeah. My point really is that you know we're talking about um, how to include the next generation or younger generations in business and how it affects culture. But I really wonder if it's um, in some ways company culture is evolving, business is evolving, and younger people are going to be attracted to those companies that evolve into the newer, new age culture, if you will, the 21st century cultures. And some companies will resist that culture and therefore will not attract younger generations. And I'm wondering if those two things are sort of happening simultaneously. Younger people are coming into the world and that's changing culture. But culture, I believe, in business is truly changing. I think you're absolutely right. And as I was saying before the break, there are so so many industries that are seeing a, a complete fall-off of talent. Um, young people are not even choosing to pursue those career paths. And when you think back, you know, um, 
20 years ago, or maybe even 10 years ago, there were certain careers you could choose, and that has just kind of been blown up by technology, but also by entrepreneurialism. We're seeing that young people are incredibly entrepreneurial, and we could argue whether that's because um, they're naive and (laughs) not afraid of failure, or um, if it's because they are incredibly innovative and creative. Um, but no matter what, I mean, we're seeing more and more. I mean, you look at Fortune and Forbes and all the Business Week, they're profiling all these young entrepreneurs that have become multimillionaires because they've started different uh, companies like Facebook, you know, would be a popular example, or Google or things like that. Um, but we're just seeing that the whole uh, business climate is changing, and that's a very accurate assessment. So there are industries that are going to really struggle to capture young talent, and and they are those industries that are considered, uh, you know, have a reputation for being mundane, tedious work, um, very long hours, very, uh, you know, boring in essence. So that's why we're seeing insurance drop off, government drop-off, um, health care drop-off, and, and the list goes on and on. Interesting enough, you know, veterinary medicine is a major concern right now. Veterinary hospitals are trying to push through legislation to get um, funding for them to do talent development and things like that because we don't have anyone who wants to care for large animals, and that's going to, you know, manufacture major concerns when we think of our food supply and just it's a very big issue this idea of where young talent is going the fact that we have 80 million gen y's that are going to be entering the workforce the largest um, generation in history and the fact that we have 78 million baby boomers who will be leaving the workforce in the next few years going to be the largest shift in human capital in history, and um, the organizations that survive, I believe, will be those that are really focused on the next generation, and those that go away um, will be those that are really stuck to tradition, and they don't want to change. Well, then maybe they have to go. Maybe that's part of what Lauren was talking about. That's the evolutionary process. You know, that's what happens. The ones that can't adapt will die, and maybe that's okay because new ones will come and take their place. But I think another piece to that, Sarah, is the is technology. I mean, the new generation. I mean, these a lot of these, and, and it has a lot to do with infrastructure and, and how companies operate and incorporate. Now we are in a recession. Uh, you know, we have money problems. So, but these companies need to infuse. I mean, they need capital, and they need also to be able to. Uh, incorporate all the new technology. You can do things very differently. Hospitals are a perfect example. I mean, healthcare is so exorbitant, so expensive because we don't know, we don't, hospitals and healthcare systems don't use the technology in the right way or don't know how to use it, you know, and so there's a whole piece to that as well. I think when we are able to kind of make the leap from changing these companies into techno, 21st century technological corporations, that will also facilitate change in a good way? Can you talk about that? Do you agree? I mean, Oh, and, yes, yes, yeah. I do agree. I mean, you know, and you organizations are really, really, a lot of them are lagging behind in technology. And when you talk about 
Generation Y, which is the oldest Ys, they're now in their early 20s. So they're just into the workforce. And this is a generation that's never known life without technology. So, you know, technology was introduced when Xers were coming of age, but Ys have never known life without it. So to walk into a workplace and all of a sudden they're saying, well, you can't do this on the computer and we only have so many computers or our technology is about 10 years behind or we're still faxing. My, my Lord, I just spoke with an organization still faxing. Um, you know, and to them, to Generation Y, email is already considered old. And so right away there is a major disconnect with organizations that aren't up to speed with technology when this young generation is coming in having never known a life without technology. So then you try to take technology away, you try to police it, or it's not up to speed, it's outdated, it's irrelevant, and right away they feel like they're in foreign territory, and it's a, it's a disconnect. It's reason for them to, to leave. Yeah, how do companies do that, though, from a financial perspective? I mean, Lauren, maybe you can talk. We have two minutes left, but, I mean, you can't keep upgrading. I mean, that's another issue that I guess medium-sized companies, particularly small businesses have to wrestle with, don't they? I mean, they cannot, mm-hmm. technology changes every six months and it becomes obsolete. So how do you deal with that within your company? I actually company? think it's a value issue. I think that the, um, this generation, this younger, these younger generations are pushing our companies to be more values-based than rule-based. And I think that is probably a large trend in what's happening in our country, in our world. In my opinion, I think that we're looking at being less ruled, and I think that's sort of the way of leadership. I think we're seeing leadership just move in that direction overall, more values-based and conscious about our behaviors versus rule-based, and I think it will change how we function again as a culture. I think you're right. We're going to have to wrap it up. This is We could go on and on with this, right? Um, Lauren Bellard-Blake, and um, she's president and CEO of Big Fish Nation. My co-host, Sarah Sladek, who is President and CEO of Limelight Generation. This has been a great talk today. Um, thanks so much for being on the show this morning, Sarah. Well, thank you for inviting me. It is a fun topic. Um, I'd love to come back and, and talk about it some more sometime. You'll come back you. and talk to us again because it's ongoing. Okay. Uh, oh, yes. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. VoiceAmericaVariety.com. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. So Lauren and I uh, say goodbye, have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.